Hey everybody, welcome to the easiest way to learn the Tarot Ever podcast. This is our Easy Tarot Lessons series with Becky. Hey Becky, how are you today? I'm all right, thank you Dusty. How are you? I'm absolutely wonderful. We're finishing up our series on the court cards with the English Knigets and their mm -hmm. silly knees bent running about. So, um, jumping right into this. Is, uh, we do have a lot to cover today, and we'll try to um, shorten it up a bit. Uh, traditionally, at least for me and the people that I've met, um, so I think it's relatively representative, given given my experience. But traditionally, we've been taught that uh, knights are, for the most part, young men, you know, men of a certain age, uh, and a relatively recent or relatively modern uh, interpretation has allowed that the feminine elements or the feminine suits could uh, represent women instead of men. This solves the problem of, well, the kings and queens have to be adult males, females, and what do we do for the rest of them? But still, this is horribly limiting well, okay, Becky, you tell me, since um, we haven't done this podcast yet, uh, even though you've had experience and you've gone through my my courses and you've had me helping you, traditionally, when a knight pops up in a circumstantial or environmental, you know, in other words, a knight comes up in a reading, mm -hmm. uh, other than, oh, it's going to be somebody in their teens, uh, what kind of problems has this been presenting to you? Um, I think probably my, because like I said, with this series of podcasts, it's been about overcoming mental blocks. And I was, um, I've made the mistake of boxing myself into people. Um, and where this series of podcasts has been really helpful is it's kind of expanding my understanding of the cards because you start see, seeing them in terms of, you know, circumstance and environments. And I know the kind of meaning of the card always you know, is always shaped by the question that you're asking. So you couldn't just sort of put a card down and say it means this, this, this and this, because it does loosely, but it's going to fit the question that's being asked. So I think <clears throat> just following on with what I've said with kind of the pages and the, the kings and the queens, it's just increasing my awareness beyond that rigid, this can only be a young person. And that's that's a problem is let's say you're going along giving a reading and like, well, what's going to happen next Friday? Night of you know, cups. Uh, it, uh, it's a person. It's uh, uh, well, there's a there's a or, you know, or king or queen. It's a, it's, it's it's you're going to meet a person, question mark. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, by the way, adding punctuation to the end of a sentence verbally is the problem of uh, too much speech to text on the iPhone where you have to, there's no in, intonation or inflection. So you have to actually say question marks. So I catch myself doing that. <laughs> Hello, exclamation point. Um, yeah, th this has been a real problem and it continues to be because I get, I, I get a lot of emails about it. But I get a lot of emails about everything. Apparently, uh, apparently I uh, am inheriting quite a few million dollars from all the emails that I'm getting. But uh, but I get a lot of emails asking me uh, about you know, 
what to do in this case and what to do in that case. And it usually it revolves around these damn core cards because the traditional interpretations center around people-centric meanings. And sometimes the answer isn't, oh, here's a person. And then you have to figure out what the cards are telling you. And I was reading uh, Waits, Key to the Tarot the other day just for fun, or actually just to torture myself. And one of the things I, I read just kind of got under my skin was the classic, the cards surrounding this card will tell you what it means. Well, okay, if you're doing like a three-card blob, of course the cards around this card or on the other two sides of this card, you know, well, let's say the cards at the end, so they're not surrounded with the previous cards or cards that'll come next. Yes, might uh, might blend, might shape it. That's a very Batman and Robin, or, or what do we call that thing? The hero, hero and, and sidekick. Thank you. Yeah. Hero and sidekick kind of thing. Of course, that's a, that makes sense if that is the case, but you don't always blend cards. This is a problem we've had in classes. When we do compare and contrast or storytelling, people are like, I'm going to blend the card minis. I'm like, no, you won't. That's a different exercise. So to have the authoritative, you know, Good Little Tarot book telling us that the we're reliant on other cards to explain this card removes our intuition from the process, uh, especially if it forces us to look at these cards only as people, because now what we have lost 16 cards out of the deck. Well, if you take out the trumps, which give a lot of people a lot of problems, now we're down to 40 cards. We might as well be reading with that limited Lenormand system because it's, you know, very precise, very, very, this card means this, this card means that. Screw the image. It's just there for, you know, uh, for fun. And then we, we have like 40 some odd keywords. It's not the way the tarot works. So we really, again, just like every other card, have to look into the images. So... Just touching on the previous point so we can move on. It is true that these can represent people and that the way that we tell the difference, you know, y'all look alike to me, all, you're all wearing armor. You know, uh, the way to tell the difference between one knight and another um, is by the element, by earth, air, water, or by their posture or their action. And this helps us understand the personality of that person. Um, so, building on that, I want to talk about some possible meanings in this card, and I hope everybody's taking notes today, because this is going to be some real-life stuff that we see every day, and this is, this is you know, again, the result of hundreds of thousands of readings. Um, so, please take notes, and we'll go into, this is what nights show up in real spreads, every day all over the world whether people are seeing it or not because this is why the gods give it to us you know it's here here's your answer all you need to do is interpret it so one of the first things i like to look at is the knights as a rate of progress just rather basic and simple they're all in horses they're all moving or not moving so this can show us how quickly something is coming together or you know, or how long it's taking, or um, what um, 
at what speed we're operating, what what kind of efficiency. So, Becky, I'm throwing it over to you. So, we're mm -hmm. I'm going to London next year. Yay. Uh, okay. These four cards show up independently, one at a time, completely randomly, you know, not, not in concert with each other. Um, go through them in whatever order you like as one card readings that are specifically telling you what's going on with my trip to London. How, <laughs> how quickly is my plan to coming together and, or, or, you know, made of progress. Okay, well, just because it's the order that I've got them in, first of all, I've got the Knight of Pentacles. So, um, you know, in terms of rate of progress, it's not happening anytime soon uh, because this is a very uh, stationary card. So it's the kind of... Um, yeah, it's not happening. Stop yeah, it's it's not happening anytime, anytime soon with that one. And that's, that's and all then, you have to say because it, it doesn't you know, imply anything else, we would have to look into it to find out, you know, another, pull another card or ask another question to ask what's behind that or, or why that is, right? Yeah. Okay, but please continue. Okay, so now I've got the Knight of Swords, um, which means you're coming over a lot sooner than you're planning to because it's all systems go. So have some beans and toast ready because I am on the plane. I was going to say, I'll go book the parking space at the airport to come pick you up. So, yeah, um, that one's kind of all systems go. You're on your way. You're flying. Um, then I've got the Knight of Wands, which to me still implies there's speed involved because the horse is kind of, to me raring to go but he's kind of holding him back so it's almost that kind of not quite the second he releases the reins he's off so this is almost kind of you're packing your bags and again it's going to be imminent um and then with the knight of cups um you're on your way over not in a huge great big rush so you know i'm I not going to make any boat yeah, I'm not going to make any plans at the moment because I'm not expecting to see you anytime soon. No, see, first I have to drive across the country, then I have to get on the boat, and you know, see, planes are overrated. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Miss, miss all the uh, all the uh, adventure, scenery, travel people that you meet along the way. So yeah, as far as rates of progress, we can see that uh, one of these cards. Mm, say any names but means that you ain't doing anything it's more like no becky you're gonna come over here to me <laughs> that's all a charade uh and one is you know go 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 uh, and then i like now again i like your interpretation of the knight of wands but i want to throw out one of the things and and people who get the free lessons never get to hear me say this but um uh, in class, we compare this to that uh, famous painting of Napoleon on the on the horse, which is mm. funny. Well, it's funny in hindsight because he's actually at the rear, so it implies leading from the rear. Um, he he should have really executed that artist for making him look like a coward. But um, there's only two reasons why you rear your horse up. One is to say, "Hey, look at me." Well, they're both look at me. One one is to say, "Hey, you know." Look at me! I'm about to do something. Hey, everybody, take a picture. Get your get your pictures ready. Here I come. And, and the other one is to you know rally the troops. Going all right. Let's go. I want your you know when I put my horse's feet on the ground, 
he's going to start galloping. So on your marks, get set, you know, that kind of thing. So to me, and again, any interpretation is good as long as it works for you because it goes back to rule number one. If you don't know what rule number one is, read it in the book. Um, but this implies action that's about to take place, but it's really all about grandstanding. Uh, whereas Knight of Cups is just more, it's more sedate. It's more like a day in the life. Hey, you know what? We're doing it. It's, you know, slow and steady wins, wins the race there, Skippy. Mm-hmm. So again, now taking these, just these four cards, but I want to apply them to different things. So we can see how we can see them come up in real life rather than just a personality. So the same basic rules apply and the cards are not going to somehow magically change their meanings. Um, but uh, let's say, let's change these to mean somebody's, um, somebody's motivation or their attitude to a situation. Now, if I understand, you have two children. I do indeed. Two boys. Yeah. All right. So it's bedtime, and the Knight of Cups shows, uh, or better, yeah, let's do Knight of Cups shows the uh, attitude of your boys towards, uh, <laughs> you know, that's it. Time for bed. Big day tomorrow. <laughs> do you know what? If if this was the attitude to bed, it's the kind of they're going to do as they're told, but they're going to do everything in their power to do it as slowly as possible. Um, you know, slow walk to the bathroom, <laughs> slow walk to get changed, slow walk to say goodnight to the cats and then eventually go to bed, by which point I've got steam coming out of my ears. So it is being done. But it's going to be very slow and very deliberate and kind of as drawn out as possible. Fine. I'll do it. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, now, let's change it. Let's making it. Let's make it uh, how we get out of bed in the morning. Now, I'll take I'll take first stab at this. There's almost never a day. When I am Knight of Swords or Knight of Wands in the morning, yeah. um, I am I am completely Knight of Knight of Coins. Mm-hmm. I'm asleep. I'm having, and my body is is weird. I I don't know if other people's bodies do this, but I have some kind of internal alarm clock, where if I'm about to oversleep, my brain starts feeding me these really, just kind of fucked up dreams, mm-hmm. um, things that. I, I go, why am I thinking this? This is like antithetical to me. It doesn't make any sense. But it's happened on such a regular basis. I realize the only time it happens is is when I am uh, either just about on time or usually, and again, when I say usually, mostly when I'm refusing to get up and, and I go, no, I'm going to squeeze in five more minutes of sleep. It's like my body says, well, we're going to make this as unpleasant as possible so that the choice of getting up is the lesser of two evils. Um, but that's me. It's the night of coins. And uh, any of my roommates or friends who's ever known me knows before coffee, don't, don't be all happy, Skippy. Don't, 
jumping around. Hey, how you doing? Did you sleep well? Hey, good morning. Was it, um, did you see the reindeer? It's like, I must kill you. Um, there's an old movie, and it's funny because this is an old movie. By my standards, it was um, The Great Race. And I think it was Peter Falk's first movie. I had like Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis. And they go around the world, the great pie fight and whatnot. But uh, Jack Lemmon was like the evil snidely whiplash professor type. Um, you know, he was the villain. And uh, Peter Falk every morning would say, morning, professor, up and at him. And, and, and Jack Lemmon would be like, up and at him, up and at him. Like, I'll get you, my pretty. I'll kill you for saying <laughs> that to me. Um and, and that's me in the morning. I was like, uh, leave me alone until I have swallowed half the pot of coffee. Then then I'm all night of swords and night of wands. Uh, so I want to know, just out of curiosity, uh, how is your household in the morning? If we only had the night nights to explain who's, who's what in the morning. Okay. Uh, I'm Knight of Pentacles. I've got... Um, yeah. uh, wonderful picture stuck up in the kitchen which says um if you can speak before the first cup of coffee in the morning i'm going to assume you're a demon who must be destroyed which kind of um fits with my morning philosophy (laughs) because i don't do mornings i'm like you my brain does not function even in the kind of hour and a half between getting up and getting to work, even work knows, let me get a cup of coffee inside me in the office, and then I'm kind of all systems go. So I'm very much Knight of Pentacles. Um, Then one of my sons, that if I didn't know for definite, was my son. I'd wonder where he came from, because (laughs) he's Knight of Wands. He wakes up, and he's with it. He's up, his alarm's up, he's up out of bed, he's ready to start his day, and he's ready to get on with things. Um... And then I've got one who's more Knight of Cups. And actually, funny enough, it's my younger one, uh, who, as I've said before, is the autistic one. And the Knight of Cups actually suits him very well in the morning because it's very deliberate. It's very planned. It's very much we do this, this, this and this to get our day going. So um, none of us are a Knight of Swords. But between the three of us, we've got the pentacles, the wands and the cups covered. I like that. I like that. And the last thing you need is, is some kind of drill sergeant coming in trying to, trying to tell you guys how to uh, handle your mornings. Mm. So if someone, uh, someone's motivation or attitude towards a situation was very knight of swords, we would say that they'd be, they'd have a lot of zeal, but maybe too much so. Maybe, uh, maybe uh, I was going to go with one example, but it's really not politically correct. It involved, you know, evil people flying planes in buildings no um, that's not <laughs> no that's, uh, but they did they'd have a lot of um a lot of um brashness a lot of um like command and control they come in and they just like this is what everybody's gonna do i find out your mornings for you but you see i've always thought the knight of swords if anyone ever wanted to um understand my thought processes the Knight of Swords sums it up beautifully because something will spark my interest. It really is the kind of, oh, shiny thing, look a squirrel, because I will charge off after something and then something else gets my attention and I'll charge off after that. And I'm never kind of, I'm never sort of slow and deliberate with it. I'm always charging off after one idea or another. So this kind of embodies the way my mind works because i'm constantly charging off in one after one thing or another and it's not always controlled 
Yeah, that's a very cardinal. I mean, that slips a little astrology here. That's a very cardinal mindset. I, I see, therefore, I am. Mm. <laughs> As in, I am doing it. <laughs> am am here. This is my purpose in life. Yes, Nine of Swords, very, uh, uh, very, I will do this, which is kind of cool. Again, you know, if you need to get things done, Get your nine of swords out. Knight, knight of swords. Sorry. Uh, okay, let's just jump on a little bit so I don't uh, drag this out forever. Uh, personality type. I think we've covered that. Um, now, real quick, uh, allegorically, what is going on in each card? And this is important so that we can break ourselves free of the mindset that Osborne oh, type. And that's a set. So I will say allegorically the. Knight of Pentacles is is a, is a couch potato, just kind of sitting there watching TV, holding a beer. Mm-hmm. Um, or he's going, uh, yeah, um, I got it right here. <laughs> you want it? We'll come over and get it. Make me a sandwich. I got a whole bunch right here. Um, you want one? Come get one, cause I'm moving. I got sandwiches. Why would I move? You want one? Come over and get one. So pick a card and tell me, in that sense, you know, an example of uh, what's going on in that card. We're not, Again, we're not trying to reach for some crazy superstitious meaning. We're just looking at the card and saying what this could represent. Okay, well, just because it's the first one I picked up, the Knight of Cups mm-hmm. um, is kind of... The not beach bum because that implies doing nothing, but you know, it's because I'm sort of seeing it as like a, a oasis y beach type scene. So, you know, it's kind of someone who who likes hanging out at the beach, to, you know, chilled out days, not moving in any particular hurry, just taking it all in, enjoying themselves, you know, sitting back and enjoying things. Cool. All right, and then we can go on with the other cards as we can, or we can leave that for other people. Um, I think we've covered the point, and of course, if you want a lot more of this, we got a we got a course. It's it's ten bucks a week. Hell, it's a dollar for your first month. You try it out. Uh, just go to easyterrorlessons.com. But uh, I want to cover um, one last thing here, and let's take a little while. Let's look at the knights as a circumstance or an environment um, even an event but but let's look at them as specifically as a circumstance or an environment and I'll, I'll start you off Becky and then I'll ask you let me uh, let me grab like here for the uh, Knight of Cups for example mm-hmm. if this is a circumstance or environment tell me about this new job Knight of Cups. Oh, you're going to get a proposal. What? Well, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, teenage guy. That doesn't make any sense. Um, so tell me about my, you know, my work environment at this new job. Well, in this case, I would say this is cautionary or it's a slow moving environment. And like, kind of like what you said about everything is, um, is very methodical. Like your, like your boss has a specific mythology, mythology. Yeah that he follows, and he wants you to follow it as well. Can you see that? Yep. Okay. Very definitely. Uh, let's see. Another, just real quick, another example might be, um, oh, oh, 
using the uh, the um, river because rivers are boundaries in uh, in geographical, uh, especially in olden times. It's real simple. It's like an ocean, river, mountains. Yep, those are those are natural boundaries. So let's be like we're we're creeping up on the finish line. So come on, we're creeping up on the finish line, people. <laughs> chop, chop. This is. This is happening. Oh, look, like um, we're creeping up on the deadline to get this stupid astrology book by December 31st. I better, I better chop, chop. So that's the environment that, I, that I'm facing uh, specifically. So there's a real life uh, scenario right there. Does that make sense, Peggy? Yes, it does. Do you have anything you want to add to that? Um, no, I just kind of going on with the what you were saying about the uh, rivers being boundaries and deadlines. Um, I'd also say that it's the kind of job where there is the um, potential to go higher because it's almost the the idea that once you've reached one boundary, there's then something on the other side. So you've got the kind of methodical, um, you know, this isn't going to be a hard, fast paced job. It's going to be kind of, you know, like an office job where you've got to dot the I's and cross the T's um, and then the potential to go further. Cause once you've hit a kind of barrier, there's always something over the other side. So no, yeah, it, what a, you said makes sense. Yeah. You know, that brings up a good point philosophically that I guess I want to talk about. Um, and yeah, it's my show. So I guess I can, um, not to pull rank, but there are no finish lines in life. Well, okay. You know, maybe there's death, but, um, Everything seems to lead to something else. And I'm just taking what you said because it just sparked something in me. Um, early on in life, I I heard people constantly. It was funny because it came from so damn much money. And I just it was just all around me, but it was not something you really pay attention to. It was just there. But the lessons I was taught were, and I've seen this play out, is that once you establish a goal and reach that goal, it's nice. You get like five minutes of rest going, look at me, I've got this goal. And then some schmuck comes along and goes, yeah, have you seen this? So in in like, uh, let's say, uh, Pentacles terminology, it's, uh, it's a very common goal. And maybe not necessarily one that's either realistic or pursued, uh, by everybody, but it's a very, very common goal here in America. The whole uh, allure of uh, being a millionaire, and it's that term, millionaire. You know, just, just something. Even though a million dollars doesn't buy anything what it used to back in the days of where they said, "Oh, look, it's a millionaire." Um, it's just got that ring to it, but but more so today than ever. It's not impossible that you could have a house that's a million dollars. I mean, granted, you'd be mortgaged out for the next thousand years. Um, I mean, I suppose that there are, you know, paper millionaires, millionaires on paper, or people who have made a million dollars. There's more than enough of them going around. But once you reach that status, I mean, to the rest of us, it's like, hey, that's pretty good. You know, specifically, you don't really have to work anymore. You, you could do pretty well just enjoying life. But you get that first million, and now all you can think of is, well, all of my friends, because you can't be friends with peons anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, all of your friends have 10 million or 100 million. And then there's these evil, horrible corporate overlords that are 
billionaires. I'm like, oh, they're such straight. Yeah, they're like millionaires, somebody else. They're like out of my stratosphere. And, but this all comes back to the Knight of Cups where, you know, oh, I got a, I got a car. Great. Now I've got to make money to go places. Oh, no. Now I have to work extra hard to make the money so I can take time off of work so I can drive my car to exotic places and go see things. But I can't do that on my, because, you know, gasoline and time off cost money. So it seems like it's not so much the finish lines, you know, because we, we do like to look at life as like, oh, here's a finish line. Here's a little goal and I get it. But it seems like every time we accomplish a goal, all it does is opens up a whole new world of crap that we have to deal with. Yay, I got a house. Oh, no, now I got mortgage payments and, and <laughs> I got to hire one of those like gardener guys. And uh, it's like, wait, what do you mean the landlord doesn't just pay for house maintenance? Somebody, somebody paid for all this maintenance. My toilet's broken. Last time I had to call the plumber, I was like, emptied my wallet. And he said, oh, that'll get you about halfway done. I'm like, oh, no. So I just think it's interesting um, the implications of where you're t going with this Knight of, uh, Knight of Cups. And by proxy, how without assigning tarot cards a religion, and this really bothers me, it's, it's ranty time, is I... I'm not going to mention any names, but there's there's a couple of big big name authors out there right now who are writing books that uh, imply that the tarot cards have wisdom, that the tarot cards are some kind of religion. Hell, we've already got religions and philosophies. We had we had like the greatest philosophers in history and the greatest religious. You know, if you're into the religion thing, I mean, I'm not saying you should or shouldn't be, but just you know, cover all bases here. But we've had the greatest religionists, you know, Jesus, Muhammad, Buddha, Zoroaster. Uh, I, forgive me if I'm missing your favorite. Um, um, uh, well, Moses, of course, uh, and, and, you know, other people, uh, things in Abraham, things in his nature. Um, but it was really bad, Arnold. These people, you know, have been famous throughout generations upon generations for doing really good work, laying down absolute fact plato socrates and now we have the concept what what we're doing is we're teaching people that the tarot is some kind of religion that it's some philosophy and it's not it's a game that we just happen to use for divination that works really well um so i i highly reject anything that says that there's some kind of mass, magical mystery journey that the fool takes upon our trip and that these are an allegory of, of uh, uh, you know, the 22 uh, major arcana, which is 21 trumps, which is interesting because sometimes three of your neural numerology thing, they go, oh, there's proof. Well, you know, what if there are 19? Um, then we have to, to change. And again, it comes down to scotoma. The mind sees what it wants to see. If you want to see a religion, you're going to see a religion no matter what I say. You're going to go, no, but it's right here and it's true. So I really reject the concept that the cards are are a, a spiritual path because that, that puts them in the same league as our religions and philosophies. And when you look at the depths that any religion, whether you believe in it or not, or a philosophy uh, can take you, that, that outstrips the tarot a thousand times to one 
we'd have to work on the tarot for the next hundred years, cramming it, you know, full of other other people's stuff to create, to really build a philosophy around it. So be, I want everybody to just be very careful not to read something by any author, including myself, that says, oh, the tarot is magical and it's a philosophy and it explains everything in life, because it doesn't. It was a game invented around 1440 by a bunch of bored Italian ability, and I'd like to fly back in time and thank them, because it's just the most amazing thing ever. It's just kind of interesting and, and fun, even without superstition. But all that being said, um, I like the way that we can look at anything of a, a, a tarot card or, or a gum wrapper or an advertisement, and we can see a metaphysical lesson uh, learned or, or a philosophy lesson learned just from gazing at that image. It's, it's our awareness that is triggered by what it is we're witnessing. And that's really the secret to being a great tarot reader. It's right there, kids, if you, if you can learn that, you never have to take another lesson in your life. It is uh, learn, meaning learn, do, master, practice, expertise, all that stuff, which is why we have classes, why we have all these exercises to get you to that place. But that place is, if you can go through life and just absorb information metaphysically, allegorically, translate that into a real life, highly precise and accurate meaning, um, and, and give that advice which will prove successful and useful to someone. See, all that has to take place. You can't just be like spouting random things. If you can do that, then then you've mastered the tarot. And Becky, you're well on your way because you're able to look in, just for example, with Knight of Cups, you're able to look in the image and see something that doesn't necessarily have to apply to every every reading, but it's something in that image that means something to you as it relates to where you're at right now. And again, that right there, encapsulation, Circle that, put an exclamation point in the transcripts because that's it right there. That's all you need to do to become a, a tarot and master. You don't have to buy into somebody else's superstition or, or change your religion to match their their world paradigm. Okay, that was a ranty rant. Any any mm. rebuttal or anything on that? No, not at all. Not at all. I was taking it all in. Okay. Okay. So back back to the you know ooh, circumstance environment. Uh, okay. So yeah, so Knight of Cups to put them away. Uh, oh, oh, I wanted. I would, here's one. I like this with the Knight of Swords. So I got my uh, roses and all these uh, thing out here, and it says Knight of Swords, and um, and the guy's like charging and he's going left, whatever. Well, in this image, I should, if I flipped him over, he'd be going right. I mean, if I flipped him over, he'd be upside his, up on his head. <laughs> hello, hello, dangling by your feet. Um, so this is uh, Knight of Swords to me as an environment. Tell me about my job environment. Oh no, the knight came up. It's a person that's a, no, it's a very gung-ho environment. It's highly competitive, balls out, kind of a go big or go home attitude. That so this is like the kind of stock exchange, isn't it? Where yeah. It's kind of, it's very macho and kind of in your face and fast paced and. I'll, I'll go one further. Any professional sports locker room, stock yep. exchange, uh, a, a professional gym, you know, um, a firehouse, uh, you know, 
you're not a hero enough. <laughs> Charging that, I want you to run headfirst into that wall and prove that you're not afraid of anything. It's like, you know, imagine that wall is a burning building. Just run into it. Like, yeah. You, you need that kind of like me first kind of kind of attitude. Um, so yeah, I think that. Um, so, um, oh, so uh, yeah, as an environment, um, let's, because uh, I want I want to turn the, the genders on their head. Uh, oh no 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 no! I got it! I got it! Um, you, you know, I was going to do find a way to do it some way. I didn't know who that it was, but of course, let's go to the greatest movie ever, and um, oh, was it Percival? No, um, I think it was uh, Sir Galahad. Um, anyway, he was at the uh, he was at the castle Anthrax with the um, the scores of of of, of, of vestal virgins all oh, okay. <laughs> brushing their hair and brushing and taking him having pillow fights and everything. And he shows up, and all of a sudden it turns into the Knight of Swords. And it's like, yeah. ooh, now we're gonna have a spanking, and we're gonna have a spanking, and we're gonna have a spanking, and it's like. And all of a sudden, everybody, as the word went through, um, they all focused on one point, and everybody was deliberate and intent on having a certain outcome happen. And uh, and he's like, "Oh no!" And then the other guy, um, I, I remember the damn names. <laughs> he comes and he's dragging me. I was like, "Oh no, I was really okay." But but that's an example of um, where an environment could be high pressure. Uh, oh yeah, so let's you know, like you said, stock market. We uh, we we take you in there. Like here's a tour of the stock market. It's like ah, it's like a Shark Tank. But then you see, funnily enough, with this card as well, with all of that, with the fact that it's gung ho and everything else. While you've been talking, I've been looking at his feet, and I've just noticed he's the only knight where his toes are curving downwards and it's almost like he's kind of you know gripping onto the stirrups because everything's happening so fast and there's almost that kind of and looking at the fact that the horse isn't happy it's almost like it's that hair's breadth from away from being out of control so it's that kind of very adrenaline fueled because you know one wrong move and either he's going to lose the reins and the horse is taking his head and he's just holding on for the ride. And, you know, the fact that he's got his feet, you know, it's almost like he's kind of curling round. Yeah. You know, like to your hold curls on. are towed like you're on a, um, I mean, to- toes are curled like you're on a, um, a roller coaster, like a yeah. really dangerous roller coaster. Uh, yeah. Well, see, you made me think of daredevils. Like that guy that jumped, um, I think he jumped out of a space capsule because he wanted to yes. be the highest person to, to parachute from space. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, of course, all the way up to talking about all the dangers and then he makes it look easy, of course, and lands safely. Um, oh, I saw another one just like this. Uh, I mean, literally total knight of swords. Um, guy was base jumping. That's where you jump off a cliff and yep. parachute. He wanted to be the first person to base jump without a parachute. So he had a squirrel suit and I, it, it, if, it, if you hadn't seen it on video, I, I, I can't expect anybody to believe this, but the short version is um, he jumps off this well-chosen cliff. Kids, do not try this at home. 
and he's got his little squirrel suit and he's flying and flying, flying. And he's, he's coming in towards the lake and he did the cartoon thing where you come in and at the last moment he somehow um, came in at the right angle and he just hydroplaned or skipped across the surface of the lake uh, without tumbling, without breaking a leg, without doing, without making a head first splash. So literally he was the first person in known history to jump off a cliff, you know, hundreds of hundreds of feet up in the air um, or mountain, however far away it was, and just fly down and do the cartoon thing where he just, you know, hit the water right at the right angle, just skimmed right along the top and he's all celebrating and everything. Um, that's this kind of, I like to say in class, you're, you're riding a motorcycle without a helmet. I mean, yeah. every, there is no, there's no cage around you. Literally, everything, every the world is coming at you. <laughs> you're standing in one place, and the world is coming at you at 90 miles an hour. Bugs, trees, other cars. It's just, you know, because it, it's all in your face. Because when you're on a motorcycle, kind of leaning over, trying to lean in ahead of the front tire. It's just the entire world is, is flying at you. And that's a very night of its moment. So um, that might be easier for modern people to use as an allegory of, of a circumstance environment or how somebody's living their life. You know, you live your life as a thrill seeker. Does that make sense? Well, it's that phrase, isn't it? You know, you, you're riding by the seat of your pants. Yes. It's kind of that. And it's that with this card. Um you know, it really is kind not of not really the, much of a plan, right? Nah, nah. It's it's totally adrenaline fueled and kind of act first, think later. Yeah, this is kind of like it has a lot of I'll make it up as I go. Yeah. So now, good. It's a good thing it isn't reversed, and uh, otherwise uh, that could be really bad. And we'll talk about reversals next week, everybody. Um, okay. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Uh, had a note on this. Um, just for the Knight of Swords, just to make sure, because I wanted to make sure I didn't uh, forget. I wanted to relate a story, because we're talking about how this uh, this whole Knight of Swords is rush, rush, rush. Um, to show you this in real life, this goes back a number of years. Um, God, I guess it's been probably about uh, seven or eight years. I should track that guy down. So, there was, uh, again, seven or eight years ago, I was... Uh, it's in a rather dark time. I was uh, this is right before I uh, I finally put uh, pen to paper and wrote both Aphrodite's Book of Secrets and the Easiest Way to Learn the Tarot Ever. Um, so it was like a year or two before that. Um, my 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 business had, had failed for many number of reasons, and uh, I had a little side business that I was doing that was keeping me alive. But I just hated my life. I was so because I I used to be Beverly Hills psychic. I used to have you know pretty girlfriends. I just literally everything I wanted was was at my disposal. And now I was like slumming around, painting addresses, living in my car, and just going, "What the hell has happened to me?" Uh, you know, life happens, and you know, some fortunately some of us can dig ourselves out of it it's a lot of luck and a lot of hard work but that was really it my life was all about luck and hard work and i hated my existence and so um this only happened once but it but it really stuck in my head 
Um, I needed car insurance, obviously. I guess we all need car insurance when we're driving around. And I'd gone and bought from this one guy. And he seemed pretty cool and pretty placid. And then when I sold that car and got another car, I needed to go re-up it. But he pointed out something to me. Uh, and I'll just preamble. We'll, we'll you know, give you an, uh, an understanding. So I did not realize it. But I, uh, I had put a lot of pressure on him because I, I didn't want to go in there. Um, I kept putting it off, putting it off. Oh God, I got to stop my insurance. Why can't I just do it online? Bip, blip. You know, I go to Starbucks and, and take out my laptop and type it up. So, uh, but I like this guy. And I wanted to give him the business. So I go in there and there's a line ahead of me and I'm like, oh, it's six o'clock at night. I was like, I, I can't come here till, you know, till it's dark. And I can't paint anymore, and I can't collect any more money. So it's like six, seven o'clock at night, and so I, I storm on in. And I'm like, look, I got to go to the gym, take a shower, because you know, I got to be clean in the morning, even though I'm living in my car. So I'm like, rush, 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 and that was just my state of life. And uh, so he's filling out the paperwork, and he's just very tourist-like, you know, just very, very down-to-earth, plain, practically looks at me, and he goes, "You're always in a rush every time I see you." And, you know, I guess as a salesman, he wasn't trying to kill the deal, but he uh, he just couldn't help himself. And uh, I walked out of there, of course, after having uh, secured my insurance. And it stuck with me for a week that my whole existence was was completely night of sorts. Everything was about me. I mean, again, because I was in survival mode. Um, I, I didn't like my environment. I was angry because I used to be woo, way up here having such a good time. Now, you know, look, I don't know about anybody else, but you live in your car, your name is Dusty, you ain't getting a date. That goes on for a while, you get kind of grumpy. Uh, I don't care how many times you go to the gym every day and shower and go, look how clean I am. It's like, uh, uh, you know. Um, so I was so obsessed with changing my environment with not letting circumstance beat me that um, not only was I knight of swords internally but externally everywhere I went like I'm here I need you to be efficient do your job that I'm paying you for and and get it done because I've got to do my job throughout the day and then afterwards I've got to find some way to be extra productive so that I can work my way out of this. Um, so I was going through my entire life in a very Knight of Swords kind of way. Does that make any sense? Yes, it does. Makes perfect sense. And it was weird just to have this guy, he didn't, when I say he didn't know me, it wasn't really his place to say, but but then again, you know, sometimes the gods throw somebody in, in, in our path and go, hey, you're going to get this message. Uh, but he was the only one to stand up and say to me, and say, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was in a rush. And it just, it stuck in my craw. I'm not sure what a craw is, but it, but it got stuck there. And, and uh, hence I got stuck because I couldn't figure out what a craw was, so I couldn't figure out how to, how to get it <laughs> out. Um, but just, just for anybody listening, if you've ever been in that situation, um, this is an example of how you can take a card and, and, and just realize that the cards rep see the cards represent life. Life is, is uh, 
that art art represents life or, or art imitates life life imitates art well the tarot cards as we use them today are designed to um, represent just daily life you know things you can do things that happen to you and that's why we have spreads so we can build complex interactions that's why we do the hero and psychic thing or this versus that um all these different exercises these are things that you see in a reading in real life um so it's not one particular card but uh, at the risk of boring everybody i wanted to explain how tremendously accurate a card or, or two cards together as a blend or whatnot can represent something that we are doing and in pictorial form and help us see it objectively outside of ourselves and therefore we can then intellectually process it and make our own decisions so remember the cards are not fatalistic it's not like oh this is going to happen you have no choice over it um, think of it as as the gods throw in cards out at us, you know, because again, we're doing our pre-spread mental walks, we were doing our, our uh, spread verification, we're doing all of our pre-spread work. We are uh, casting out the cards. We are, um, by the way, all the way, that's from, uh, all of that's from Advanced Tarot Secrets. You're like, what the hell are you talking about? Um, we're doing all this, and then these cards are coming out, and our intuition's going, blam, 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 like a, like a bass beat at a, at a you know, nightclub. And, we're starting to get that information and it's applying to our life that all happens simply because we have raised our elevate uh, our awareness we've elevated our consciousness to the point where we can take our yappy mind little yappy dog out of the way and we can experience the full wisdom that's being given to us not from the cards but from the gods through the cards so that we can actually um, choose to own our destiny. And that's really the beauty of the tarot, is to allow us to take control of our destiny, not just tell us, you know, little Bobby's going to be doing this, or, or that somebody likes so-and-so better than they like us. Thoughts, Becky? Um, no, I, again, I was just quiet because I was listening. Um, and, I, you know, just using that example, I think it's demonstrated how... You know, they say a picture spe- a picture uh, tells a thousand words. It's kind of you've just done that with the one card um, surmising a situation you've been in. So there's not a huge amount I could add to that because I've just been listening and nodding along while you've been talking. Well, thank you. And I, and I don't mean to keep going, well, my life and my life, uh, my life, because I'm not a Leo, although obviously I wish I were. Um, Leo's pretty damn cool. Says the Sagittarius, of course. Leo Skr. But no, I, I don't like telling other people's stories, certainly without their permission. So I, having not mentioned the name of this particular insurance guy, it could be maybe one of thousands in the Los Angeles, uh, North Hollywood area. Uh, okay, maybe dozens in the North Hollywood area uh, in Sherman Oaks. But, but again, I don't want to get any more... Uh, more exact than that because uh, I can relate my stories with impunity. I can say, hey, here's what's happening to me. Um, but when I relate other people's stories, I want to be very clear. It's like one of my students who, you know, uh, conjured up uh, $2 billion. They, they literally closed a huge deal with their own expertise, but with the assistance of tarot and astrology and really made this thing come together. Um, 
yeah, this is this is real life. This is what happens. We're not all we're not all just reading, you know, from Madame Cleo and the psychic line. Some of us are doing some really big, big things. Um, it's just a matter of who you are and what you're doing. And then allowing the cards, and if you like, you know, uh, some other uh, metaphysical discipline, to advise and help you really master your your life situation. So, I don't want to name names and places without um, permission on that. Um, fortunately, we do have permission, so maybe one day we'll talk about that. Uh, and Becky, with your uh, car manifestation, uh, I know that's old news, but. Uh, but at the time, that was kind of exciting, wasn't it? Oh, massively so. And just kind of, I think it was my, um, not my biggest test, but it, it's up until that point, it made me realise some of the stuff that I've manifested in the past without realising that's what I was doing, because it was that drive. But it's the first time I'd actually recognised it, put techniques into place, you know, done it with that absolute focus. And then 16 hours later had a new car so you know it was amazing as a process to go through and it's still even now I'm driving around in the car like two years later it, I still get that kind of grin that that car's mine yeah and two things this was early on in your studies you know yes you, uh, it wasn't like year seven at Hogwarts will begin to teach you this stuff um it was early on and certainly uh, enough oh, to was... help carry you through, yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say, it was the first time that I'd consciously manifested something. So it was kind of right, right at the beginning, really. It wasn't kind of manifestation six, seven, eight, nine, ten down the line. It was the first time I'd actually put into place everything you taught me and kind of gone through the process. And then it worked. And then you get that kind of, well, there's not, an awful lot I couldn't not get if I put my mind to it because I've proved to myself. Exactly. And it gives you a, a tremendous amount of confidence. But but also I like what you said because I think you really tied it together. All this was was a conscious application of what you can do naturally, what any of us can do naturally. But much like breathing, we don't really think about breathing. Much like sleeping, we don't really go, I'm going to go to sleep. And I, I, I mean, we don't, learn how to sleep we don't learn how to breathe we we do learn how to write but after a number of years we just, we just scribble things down we don't even think about it with manifestation uh we stumble into things all the, all the time you know we manifest things that we want and we manifest ways to screw it up but by learning the art and the techniques of manifestation whether we're using the tarot cards or not the tarot cards just are a great they're like a power tool they make mm. everything a lot easier but when we learn the art of manifestation well it's the difference between fumbling around in the kitchen and, and accidentally making you know i don't know brownies <laughs> i'm trying to figure out the name of something fancy and i can't uh, a creme brulee whatever Ooh, that's all fancy right um it's the difference between stumbling in the dark and making something happen and going and saying, hey, I want this. I'm going to do this, 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 and then get on with my life because I need this. Remember, turning your want into a need. That's one of the things. Uh, and then we just move along. And then at some point in the future when I need to manifest stuff, and it, 
and it changes our attitude because it started going, oh, I want to manifest a million dollars and then I won't have any problems. It's more like, you know what? I need this right now. And I go through life and then, oh, I need this right now. And I go through life. And it just becomes a way of accelerating things that we need in order to move us forward. We, we, we stop looking for a panacea. We stop looking for that one big score, which is you know, kind of ludicrous. Um, have you, totally off topic, have you had the misfortune of having anybody ask you for lottery numbers yet? No. Oh, thank, thank you, baby <laughs> Jesus. Um, this is a good thing because um, I don't know how many times I've had it happen. And a lot of it was the bosses that I work for advertising. Oh, girl, psychic, we'll give you your lottery numbers. You're going to win. Or whatever he said, this, this angered me all the time because just the odds against it are – it's like I think you have a better chance of being born into royalty than you do of uh, – you know, winning the big giant super mega zillion dollar jackpot and living happily ever after for the rest of your life. Mm. Yet, I don't see people running around wishing they could be born into royalty as nearly as much as they they you know call psychics or 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 whatever different methods they use you know to to win the lottery. You know, maybe there's systems out there that people have devised. You know, I got to play on Sundays or buy you know a block of numbers or whatever and just keep playing that. Um, so I'm again off topic, but I'm but I I like I like us to be um, earth grounded. Um, I like us to all be um, prag at least the people that are listening to this pragmatic enough to be able to use these techniques that we're that we're teaching you to get real results in your life. You know, your results will be your own, so go out and get them. Um, but see see what works for you. Uh, but please don't. Don't go pie in the sky and don't – and when people come to you and say, oh, you know, you're, you're a psychic. Why haven't you won the lottery? It's like, you just, just shake your head. Just just walk away. Please don't punch them in the nose. Please, <laughs> comma, don't – and then capital letters – punch them in the nose for being an idiot. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, a couple other things real quick, then I promise I'll let you guys go. Um, and again, I'm trying to bring this down to earth so that all of this – actually makes sense we're not just like throwing out some interesting things or hopefully interesting things to you but that we're actually helping you guys get real results in your life that's uh, can't do the work for you that's up to you but we're doing everything we can here so um want to talk real quick about the nights as events because i did promise that just a few examples so let's here do the night of wands Again, I like the original art here, and I wish everybody could see this. Matter of fact, oh, if you, you know, on that new website, and I'll tell you what it is, is because we're just about to come to it. We did take professional photographs yesterday of uh, a lot of the stuff, so it won't be long to let that website up with the uh, virtual museum, and you'll be able to see this. But in the uh, roses and lilies uh, deck here, in, in the in the 1910 deck, so you can see this too. I really like the highlighting on those pyramids um, and, and on the horse. It, it, it really is something we don't see in the flatness of, uh, of today's uh, rider decks. But looking at this rider, uh, at this um, Knight of Wands, he's got his horse reared up. And if you look at how he's holding his stick, it's almost like uh, comparative to the uh, 
Knight of Swords. It's time for a spanking. Um, I, I could see you running around chasing your kids with a paddle. Um, <laughs> but this is more like backing up five minutes, going, don't make me stop what I'm doing and go get the paddle. Because it's almost like he's shaking the stick, going, see this stick? See this? <laughs> don't make me use it. And so I get a feeling that this is a lot of bravado or, or like a lion roaring or a bear roaring. It's like, don't make me chase you. I'm, I'm, well, it's almost kind of, you know, with the, um, it is a very male thing where there's too much testosterone and you've got people squaring up and then it's almost kind of, I can imagine they're absolutely praying that their mates hold them back. Cause if they don't, they're actually going to have to have a fight. But if their friends holding them back, they can do all the bravado and let me at him, let me at him, but they're not actually having to do it because there's that kind of protection from their friends that are kind of holding them back. So with the bravado, you can have all the show and all the kind of, aggression but it's almost that kind of if they let you go it would be like oh no now i've actually got to do something oh well i'm gonna tell you right now uh having un- had the unfortunate uh events to have been in a fight um the moments leading up to a fight great it's all macho and shouting and i'm gonna i'm gonna blah 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 but you get knocked in the face a few times and again, you know, you, we like to think, oh, that'll never happen to me. I, I get punched and then I stand right up and then punch the other guy. We all go into a fight thinking that we are invincible and we're going to win. But the worst part is the next day, the next week, <laughs> mm. you get an ass kicking. It's it's not the fight itself. I mean, sure, you know, this is not exactly fun to get your ass kicked. But that next week of walking around, people looking at you, you see a big black eye or swollen jaw or busted up nose, and uh, it, it kind of screws up your plans. You know? So I think it is kind of funny that you mentioned that all the fun seems to be like, hold me back, boys. Yeah. Now, again, I can't speak for everybody. There's a lot of people who don't mind it. They just love, you know, they if they don't get hit in a fight they pick another fight so they can get hit because it's not a fight to them i understand that there are some aries and leos out there like ah but for most people um really it's it's not as much fun as it's cracked out to be so what i get with this you know uh going off of what you said is this seems to me like uh the knight of wands that is seems more like a drag race or, or muscle flexing, where the big event is really the posing or the fanfare, not not the actual fight itself. Mm. Um, examples, like, like, okay, real life examples. Um, and of once. Oh, here, um, movie premieres. Having uh, lived in Hollywood, I, Jesus Christ, this happens all the Well, in Hollywood, we have like the, the famous movie theaters like Grumman's Chinese, which is now Man's Chinese. It's a Chinese theater. Um, sure, I mean, movies open everywhere, but when, when they have a big Star Wars, Terminator, blah, 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 it was, um, Penguins, I, I, you know, some movie premiere mm-hmm. they bring out all the searchlights and then going off in the sky and just annoying people who live in the buildings next door because the lights sweeps across your your balcony it's like blinds you in the face and then they got people littering the streets and confetti and everything so i mean in other words live very night of sorts very this is the grand opening this is the um 
Oh, there's another one, grand opening sales. So movie premieres, grand opening sales, or the start of any race. That's That, to me, is is the night of wands. And it's almost, it could be like the, um, while you were saying, it's almost like the, the warm-up act at a big concert. You know, the one that gets the crowd going. Yeah, or a warm-up. And then you be, have the yeah. main act come on, and everyone goes absolutely wild. Bananas, yeah. So yeah. It's like, like you said, it's more the chest thumping than the follow through. So beware, you know, explain my boyfriend all night of wands. Well, he's more chest thumping and less follow through. So, uh, you know, enjoy the honeymoon phase with this guy um, versus, let's say, the nine of coins, knight of coins. Sorry, I said nine, uh, who may not be so, you know, not the not the, the big thrill, but he's the one that. Uh, so, yeah, you date the knight of wands. But you end up marrying the Knight of Pentacles because yeah. he's the provider. Um, he he brings home the bacon or whatever. Uh, no, speaking of which, so by contrast, Knight of Coins is pick on this guy. Um, as an event, all right, specifically, as an event, the Knight of Coins is a forced relaxation. Like um, So it's like a traffic jam. There's nothing you can do but sit in your car, turn the radio off and wait for the traffic to get going again. Is it that kind of thing? Coming from Los Angeles, I could tell you they made a movie about called The Great American Traffic Jam. It was it was like a made for TV movie. It was in the seventies, and I was like, what? but it was funny because it was literally literally parodying how bad traffic in LA is. Um, mm. It was, and again, other other huge metropolises. I'm sure Paris and London and New York and and uh, Tokyo and and uh, Beijing, all just like everybody wants to be there at once. <laughs> it's like, you know, especially like well, during the Olympics or something. Well, we've got this lovely phrase where it's like, um, you know, you try and avoid tra- traveling during rush hour. Now, rush hour would imply that everything's rushing. Yeah. It's the polar opposite. Rush hour is when everything is at an absolute standstill. Um, and it's kind of probably the worst descriptive term ever. So this card could be London rush hour because literally there's not an awful lot you can do but sit there in your car and wait for the lights to go green because you're not going anywhere in a hurry. No, I, I, I without a doubt agree a hundred percent. Um, having experienced that, and then I've come to this little podunk town of Santa Cruz. It's really beautiful and it, it's, but it's not really on the map. And then no lie, 10 minutes away is the crow flies or, you know, 30 minutes, non-rush hour, an hour and a half during rush hour. Literally 10 minutes over the hill is this massive sprawl we call Silicon Valley. And you got Google and Netflix and Yahoo and Apple and all, and like mega, mega complexes all fighting it out. So what happens is we're that little beachside resort town with a little university and a little boardwalk and everything. It's just a little hippieville. And all the, and God bless me, but all these damned Silicon Valley multi-zillionaires are like, what, only a million dollars for a house on the beach? I could afford three of them. So mm-hmm. we have all these people, you get during the day or, or dead at night at Santa Cruz, just total dead. You know, it's just like, eh, whatever. But morning and evening, it is literally a parking lot on our tiny little freeway through the mountains. Um, and I'm like, wait, I thought I left all of that, you know, in, in Los Angeles. Um because it's funny, you know, everybody, everybody, you know, I, I work over here and then I, and I live over here. So it's because nobody mm. wants to live in the valley because it's freaking hot. Um, 
Yeah. So, but on a more on a more uh, positive note, uh, kids don't smoke. But uh, the nine of coins at night. I keep saying nine. Sorry. The knight of well, nine of coins could be like this too. But the knight of coins is a forced relaxation, like um, like smoking a cigar. Um, I can never get the taste of them. But my friend told me over and over. He's like, look. You don't do anything when you're smoking a cigar. That's the whole point. You sit around and you smoke a cigar. And of course, me, Mr. Go, 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 I'm like, uh, uh, and then, so, okay, fine. So I've wasted three hours doing what? It's like, you don't get it. You don't do anything. I'm like, I could do that when I'm asleep. I'm not doing anything, right? I'm, I'm being a lazy saw. I'm a lazy sod. Um, so smoking a cigar or or my other favorite thing, sitting and watching a sunset, which is really crappy because being from Santa Monica, again, no, not to drop names, it's a little, you know, it, it's like uh, it's like living on the uh, west coast of England. You know, mm. it's like okay, fine, the sun sets over the water, yay, it's very pretty, right? I'm, I see those all the time, and I don't mean to go, oh, look at me, I'm so special, but it kind of, it's not that it loses its magic. But sitting there for three hours watching the sunset, you get kind of antsy. Like, can we can we do something while we're sitting mm. watching the sunset? Is there anything productive we could do? So I am so anti-Knight of Coins. And, and sometimes I envy him and my, my tourist friends who are capable of just sitting there and going, I'm in a hot tub on the beach. If, if such a thing happened, uh, I'm sure they have in Malibu. They probably have hot tubs on the beach, and, or, and I'm watching the sunset, and and that's all I want to do. And I'm going to smoke a cigar, and and have a glass of wine, and sit here for three hours and do absolutely nothing. That's the environment or the circumstance of a night of coins. If you say what's going to happen at a summer camp, oh, you know what? You're going to sit around doing a whole lot of nothing. You're going to sit there and enjoy nature. Oh, my God. I can't stand doing that. My name is Dusty. <laughs> I need to run from place to place like a squirrel. Mm-hmm. But do you see how the night in this case could truly be uh, an action? And, of course, how do we know what action? Well, your intuition will tell you based on the question as it applies to the – based on the question that you asked, based on the uh, – and as it applies to the circumstance that you're – client is considering and again go back and encapsulate that part right there that's the magic of giving great readings not just generic readings um, okay becky uh what are your thoughts on the night of coins as a slow paced easygoing environment uh, not not environment an event um well one of the things that we're renowned for over here in England is queuing Um, and it's something that the British are known for being very good at so it's the kind of um, I can see him as sort of standing in a queue waiting his turn you know you may be grumbling in your head but outwardly it's that kind of resigned calm because that's what we do we just we know that you stand in queues you'll see it everywhere you can have a bus stop and people naturally just form a queue there's nothing that says you have to um we form a mob i've ridden a lot of buses especially as a a kid and teenager and it's really a matter of this blob where in the blob can you get so that you can be first the first one to give the driver your money and end up standing anyway 
No, we we do polite queuing incredibly well. So this is kind of very definitely the. Uh, Can you come over and British... help us with that? <laughs> oh, do you know what? I think it's something that they just kind of inject you with as you leave hospital after being nice. born. The ability to queue, and not only that, you kind of you queue very well, and queues form everywhere um there's something obviously in british dna that says you must stand in a line you couldn't possibly stand in a uh stand in a group so you know it's also the kind of um to go back to the knight of pentacles it's the kind of i mean from that just thinking cues i'm getting the kind of you know waiting for something to happen but it's quite patient because you know it's you know it's going to come it's a bit like you know knowing winter's going to be here in five months time I don't need to rush it because I know it's going to happen so I'm just going to kind of enjoy the season I'm in now because I know that winter's going to come along in its own good time and there's nothing I can make it to do to come quicker so I think it's also kind of it's that feel of being patient you know good things good good things come to those who wait see that's that kind of thing that's a good keyword and i'm not big into keywords but that's a nice uh little mental point to say there's another again one of many but there's another really good way to look at the knight of coins is to say it's the embodiment of patience mm. i can wait or you can wait what do you mean yes. have some patience <laughs> so yes i mean again depending on which side of the coin you're on uh, patience um, oh, but that made me think because you thought about uh, the the queue. And wherever Baskin Robbins, you always got to take a number. But but the whole thing of like you walk in, you take your number, and you wait for the number to be called. Yes. He all of a sudden, I'm looking at the Knight of Coins, going. He's holding his little paper slip. I number seventy one, <laughs> or number three. But this, but I mean, the thing is, it's a bit like with you saying the Knight of Swords when you were, you know, talking about your scenario earlier. I work in a hospital and although I'm not medical, I do the admin side. Mm -hmm. This was one of our clinics today. And I walked up the stairs and there was just people everywhere stood there holding their little slips, waiting to go and get their blood done. And it was just that kind of resigned. Half of them weren't even moving. They just had their eyes kind of fixed on the machine that ticks down the next number. Um, yes. And it was a very, very kind of night, night of coins moment because nobody was moving. Everybody was stood there. They knew their numbers were going to come eventually. But in the meantime, they were just stood there holding their bit of paper, waiting for their number to be called because there's nothing they could do in the meantime. I, I love this ability to see the cards in daily life without superstition, dogma, some kind of forced system that we have to throw in there. I'm hoping that everybody's listening. Uh, I know my students who are listening are doing this. But I hope that everybody is part of a study group or gets a study buddy. Uh, again, all of this is from the easiest way to learn the tarot ever. It's the white book. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Uh, I have seen copies on eBay just the other day. I was like, well, hey, that's kind of cool. I guess I hit the big time. Um, mm. Don't really see copies very much on eBay. People, like, hoard this book, which is good. Uh, the thebookdepository.com, you can get shipping anywhere. You know, free shipping, although you have to pay for retail. Um, but it's nice, you know, so you don't have to pay outrageous shipping. And then Advanced Tarot Secrets, the black book. And, uh, that thing's dangerous. That thing's, that, that's got some stuff in it. 
uh, that will turn you into a Zen master of tarot if you do the work. But I hope you guys will have the books. I hope you guys will take the course. But if nothing else, please, oh, whatever God there is, please get a damned study buddy. Get in a study group. Um, get a teacher. Again, we'll be more than happy to teach you. These, for example, just real-life examples where your cards speak to you. I want you to come join our course. Go to easytarotlessons.com slash members or go to easytarotlessons.com where it says new st uh, students, sign up here. Well, click on that. Uh, and uh, give us a dollar. You, you know, will you learn a whole lot in your first month? No, because you're getting it for a dollar. You'll get, um, but oh my God, you get like uh, dozens and dozens of hours of, of videos where we will go over the card meanings. We'll go over reversals and we'll go over, you know, things to just basically get you prepped. And then uh, from there on, it's $10 a week and we go right into the exercises and the spreads and the games and how to extract three to five times more information than any other psychic you will ever meet, or any other reader, I should say, you'll ever meet from your spreads. Three to five times more information. Um, and that's, again, from Advanced Tarot Secrets. So there's my sales pitch. I hope you'll come join us. Uh, we're doing fine. Becky, uh, I'm going to go on uh, go on a limb here and put words in your mouth and say, you're still you, but I think the tarot has... Uh, changed your life. I think that your knowledge of the tarot has uh, just made it a little bit easier, a little bit more fun, and uh, given you uh, back control uh, of your of your future and your destiny. Yes. And the moment, and do you know what, the moments that I have, which I think everybody has, or we wouldn't be human, where you kind of go, nah, yes, <laughs> yes. You know, I kind of, I don't really have an excuse because I actually do know what to do now because I've been taught very well. So I have to almost kind of enjoy those moments because they're not allowed to last very long because it's a bit like sort of saying, you know, you're stood at the bottom of a ladder and it's like, I don't know how to climb to the next floor. Well, you do. It's in front of you. You know exactly how to do it. So, yes, it, it has. And I couple of years down the line it still doesn't cease to amaze me this is a kind of it's an organic process it changes constantly uh, yeah it I, I just I love the whole process because it just it's a constant learning curve but the the toolbox that I've got now is one that I didn't used to have yes and I think uh, let's wrap it up on that thank you everybody for staying I appreciate the um allowed us to go this long uh, but we've covered the knights uh pages kings queens we're going to go into reversals next uh and if anybody has any special topics like oh my god i really 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 need to know this um post a post a response or email me me at dustywhite.net uh, becky thank you as always for being here and everybody oh, thank else you. we are here to help you we will take you by the hand and, and help you learn the stuff. Get over to easytarotlessons.com. And, you know, again, if you haven't signed up for our free lessons, this is what you get. Uh, we got uh, videos, we got written lessons, we have audio lessons. And again, these are catch as catch can. We get them out as we can. But the real focus is the uh, the uh, tarot course. If you. And here's another thing, Becky, I was thinking people say, well, how can I afford that course? It's like if you can give two $5 readings a week. Because you get $5 from anybody. 
Well, it's American. You know, however many pounds it is, probably three, three, four pounds, um, depending on the exchange rate. If you can, you can get a five dollar reading. Do two of those a week. That pays for all your tuition, and we will teach you things that uh, you'll never believe. Okay, kitties. Now it's your turn. Head on over to EasyTarotLessons.com for this week's tarot secrets and start practicing with your study buddy. You've been listening to Easy Tarot Lessons with Dusty White. Until next time.